To all who come to our happy place, welcome to the No Guilt Disney Podcast, where we have no guilt about our love for all things Disney. We are three Disney fangirls who probably know more about Disney parks than most grown women should. And today, we're going to put that to the test. (laughs) (laughs) I mixed it up, guys. I know. I I like it. For that, I wasn't either. You took me by surprise. (laughs) I'm waking us up. (laughs) Hello, everyone. My name is Teresa, and you can find me on Twitter at Gertie the Dino. I'm Jane, and you can find me on Instagram at Real Mouse Wife WDW. Hey, y'all. I'm Patty, and you can find me at No Guilt Life on all social media. You can also find me on a variety of podcasts out there, blogs, whatnot. Uh, just hit me up if you're looking for something Disney or not related and, uh, I'll put you in the right direction on what could best help you out. All right, guys, we, we like to think that we're Disney experts around here. I mean, it's safe to say, right? Just, just a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) I was scrolling through, uh, Facebook, Twitter, whatnot, you know, as I do and came across an allears.net that was titled, if you think you're a Disney World expert, read this. And I was like, challenge accepted. So this was written by Molly McCormick, and I thought she did a really nice job with it. So I'll put this link in show notes if you guys want to go and reference some of these things, because we're going to talk a little bit about some of the uh, tips and tricks and imagineering cool things that she pulled out to share with us. And hopefully something will be new to you. I don't know. Was any of this on the list new to you, Teresa? There was a small handful. There were two things in particular, and both of them had to do with Carousel of Progress, oddly enough. Hey, <laughs> interesting. Which is an attraction I love. But yeah, I, the, most of the ones were familiar to me, either from reading on my own or some of the backstage tours that I've done. But there there were a couple that I may have known something about it, but not not all of the details involved. So it was it was interesting to read. I agree. For the most part, I think the Magic Kingdom ones, I knew all of them, but the other parks, I didn't know as much about, you know, Epcot and Studios and Animal Kingdom, but I think like Teresa said, I've taken the backstage tours in Magic Kingdom, so I've gotten a lot of that inside look and I haven't at the other parks. Yeah, yeah, that was basically where I landed too was uh I think we've all taken keys to the kingdom, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And Keys to the Kingdom is a tour. It's an additional cost on top of your day ticket. But if you have a Disney love and heart, if you like to know uh, the secrets or why they did the things they did or anything. Oh, and by the way, just give you all a heads up. I love Roy Disney, like with my whole heart and soul. And this tour had me in tears at least at least nine times that I could think of (laughs) because it was such a focus. uh, You know, this park, yes, it was originally Walt's idea, but Walt passed away and Roy came out of retirement to put together Magic Kingdom. And he did this for his brother. And it was just such a testament in this whole tour. They talk a lot about that and what he did and how he did it and what his you know process was or why he did it. And uh, man, it was a good brother story. It was a really, again, you can't write this stuff. The Disney brothers are just, they were an amazing powerhouse. So yeah, I, I did pick up a lot of things from that tour that, that was also included here, but there were still a few, there was a couple of little small things that I didn't note before or didn't know the whole story behind it, I guess. 
So I did find um, some interesting uh, things to talk about. And uh, if we have anything to add, I think we should jump in and say what we've heard or what we've read or whatever. We'll try to be as factual as possible. And if we're not, if you do some research or you say, oh, no, Patty was wrong, that's a old wives tale or, you know, that was just something somebody made up once upon a time. Cool. Let us know. Come to the Facebook group, No Guilt Disney. And uh, you can call me out in there. I'm okay with that. Um, I don't pretend I know everything because I don't, but I am always open to learn. So with that being said, who wants to start and tell us what what you found either on the list or just a cool Disney Imagineering point you wanted to make? Go for it, Teresa. You've been waiting for this your whole life. (laughs) (laughs) I'll jump in with the two since I already mentioned two from Carousel of Progress. Uh, the two that I did not realize were one is that the the grandmother animatronic in Carousel of Progress, they also use that as a model for one of the ghosts in Haunted Mansion that's sitting on a rocking chair. And apparently in one of the scenes, there's a robin that comes to the window. And it said that that robin was also used in Mary Poppins. So I'm guessing it's just a repurposed animatronic. I just thought that was awesome. I did not know either of those. I didn't know those two either. Um, And I know that that's a typical or usual thing for the Disney parks is that they reuse animatronics. Like um, they'll take them out of one ride and they'll put them in another. I want to say a couple of Hall of Presidents have been reused in like Spaceship Earth. Is that right? Yes. Um, Like they they changed them a little bit and, and did that. So I know that that's a typical thing uh that they that they can and they do use when it comes to you know repurposing i mean why it's if it's not suitable for one location doesn't mean it can't be used somewhere else right you had mentioned the keys to the kingdom tour and i've taken that tour as well um but i'd also taken a tour called marceline to magic kingdom which is a bit shorter that's on my list jane every single time i go i go oh i forgot to sign up for this and then it's sold out but yeah, I, so, i'm dying to do this one and that tour while you say like keys to the kingdom is a lot about roy and the brother story marceline to magic kingdom is really walt and the disney overall story and there's a lot about imagineering and in that tour they take you to Carousel of Progress and they walk you through the details in Carousel of Progress. And one of the other things that they tell you is, and I don't know whether it's true or not, but that there's, I want to say it was only eight different faces on like generic animatronics and they just interchange them when they create new animatronics. So they have a mold for like the different faces. And that's why oh. the grandmother in Carousel of Progress is the same as the grandmother in the ballroom scene at Haunted Mansion. So um, if you have time, you want to take a tour. Marceline is only three hours versus Keys to the Kingdom seven. And uh, I've taken both of them twice. I much prefer the Marceline <laughs> tour just because it's an in-depth look at Haunted Mansion. And I just love it. I could take that tour over and over and over again. And even if they keep telling you the same things, I love it. <laughs> Well, good, because we're going to take it again next time I'm down there. (laughs) Okay, sounds good. (laughs) Put it on the list. Uh, Jane, is there anything that you wanted to mention or bring out? So on this list, they mentioned about 
the Crystal Palace and that if you look at the Crystal Palace and how that building fits in with Main Street, but then as you look as it gets closer and closer to Adventureland, the landscape changes with the plants um, and they start to look more adventure and then also the architecture and the building sort of changes and it's giving you that transition into Adventureland, which I love. But the other thing that they didn't mention was the music when you go from land to land in Magic Kingdom is specifically played so that you never hear noises, sounds, and music from other lands. So when you actually walk the bridge, and I do this with my friends almost every time now, when you walk the bridge from the hub or that central area in Magic Kingdom into Adventureland, you can start to hear a transition. And the second you hit where the Adventureland sign is over your head, all the other noise goes away and you never hear it. You take one step in Adventureland and it's only Adventureland noises. It's wild. (laughs) And it's so cool. And that was one of the things that um, the very first time I ever went to Universal Studios, uh, Universal Orlando, I don't listen to this Orlando uh, Universal, but I hated it. I hated it. It hurt my ears. It literally hurt my ears. And that was one of the things that I noticed that was so different from Disney World is Disney World had this gentle transition. Like you don't notice that, right? Right. But when you go when you go from one land into another at Universal, uh, there's nothing subtle about Universal Orlando. It is just bam in your face like all the time. And that was one of the things I noted was the transitions. They did have music changed and you went from different sounds to different sounds, but it's a hard, it's like a hard pass. It's a hard cutoff. And it was super noticeable where at Disney World, I never noticed it until it was pointed out to me. And uh, and I've done that too. And particularly in that spot, that exact spot that you're talking about, it's it's a really cool experience to, ha- to when you when you really notice it and you're like, wow, because yes. how many times do you walk that that path and, and don't notice it, right? It was only told to me maybe two years ago. It was on the tour that I had taken two years ago. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I mean, how many times have I been to Magic Kingdom? I've been down, I've been living here at least, you know, four years before that. And then, you know, I've been coming since I was three years old and I'm 175 now. So, <laughs> you know, how long have I done this? And I've never actually noticed it before. And now I do it every single time I walk that bridge, I stop and I'm like, okay, pay attention. <laughs> yeah, Disney is just that good, right? <laughs> I wanted to so say one other thing about um, since we're talking on background music, this is one that I point out to everybody anytime I'm in either of these parks. So the background music, one of the tracks that plays in Adventureland at Magic Kingdom, it also plays in like the the main walkway into Animal Kingdom as you're going towards the Tree of Life. Every single time I'm walking through, I listen for both of them, and it just cracks me up that it's the same same background music in both areas. And oh, it's interesting. Wait, where I is have it? Caught that. So it's as you're going through, um, as you're going into Adventureland. There's like the one that has like the steel drums. That oh, music. Yes, 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 they yes. also play it. Um, like, I guess it's the Oasis. Is that front area of Animal Kingdom? The they, m- music plays in both of those lands. Huh. Oh, that's so fun. Because I'm a giant nerd. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yes, you are. We love you. Uh, Okay. So mine is just kind of a, I pulled this one out because A, I 
I guess I didn't look for it. I don't, I don't know what's wrong with me. But so the last time I was at Disney was for Marathon Weekend. And while I was there, I went into Magic Kingdom. I think it was, I knew there was a good chance that I wasn't going to be coming back for Princess. And so I was like forcing myself to go to the parks every single day, um, even if it was just for a moment or two. I went to the Magic Kingdom and the parade was going on. And y'all, I'm not a parade person. I do not have the patience for all the crowds and all the people. I appreciate and think the parades are incredibly well done. It's just not my jam, right? So I went in and it was right as the parade was happening as I walked into Magic Kingdom. And you know how it all bottlenecks and it's crazy trying to get anywhere from that point. So I decided I'd take a few pictures and then wander around that front area and wait for the parade to finish and for people to leave. And while I was doing that, I found myself over by the train station. And I had never, <laughs> I have been to Disney World so many times, and I even had a super huge train fanatic uh, kid, but I never ever saw this. So underneath the train station is some really cool train memorabilia. I don't know if any of you have ever stopped to look or whatever. I don't rent strollers down there, and I never have. We always brought our own stroller. But that's where like you go and you rent your strollers and stuff in the Magic Kingdom. So folks that have done that are like, oh yeah, we're down there all the time. But I, I have literally never walked through there. So I went down there and I was looking around and checking things out and was just fa fascinated by all this train stuff on all the walls. And they tell the stories about each of the um, engines and how they came to be and, um, you know, for the Walt Disney World Railroad and, and that sort of thing. And for anyone that doesn't know, Walt Disney loved trains. He was obsessed with trains. And so that's why we have trains at Disney World and, and Walt Disney World, uh, Walt Disney World and Disneyland. So I took some time to look there, but in this article, she also mentioned the windows on Main Street and how a lot of Imagineers and folks have their names up on the windows. And it's a huge honor it's a big deal if you get your name on a window on Main Street. And I did know about those. But for whatever reason, I didn't I didn't know where Walt Disney's was. <laughs> did you guys know where his he actually has two? But I did not realize I, I just never saw his windows. So this is something when I go back, I'm going to specifically look for and make sure make a note of. But Walt has two windows. One is above the train station. And one is above the Plaza Ice Cream Parlor. And uh, the one above the train station actually says, Chief Engineer Keeping Dreams on Track. Oh, right to my heart, y'all. Right to my heart. <laughs> I've seen the one over the ice cream parlor before, but I have not seen the one over the railroad. I didn't even know that one was there. I mean, it's, I guess it, it's right there, big, huge... <laughs> I mean, you can't miss it, except that we all did, right? So, <laughs> right. Uh, so that was exciting for me to to read that. So I do appreciate you pulling that one out, uh, Molly. <laughs> do you know where the one is in Disneyland? No, where's the one in Disneyland? So it's actually. And actually I was going to say I might have had that one pointed out to me on there. They don't have keys to the kingdom; they have walk in Walt's footsteps, and I've been on that tour. Uh, so that might have been pointed out to me there. So, but I can't. I can't think of it off. When you asked me that, I was like, nope, I have no idea. So tell me where, where it is. So the Walt Disney window in Disneyland is actually not on Main Street. It's back in Toontown um, in one of the corners there. And it's there's a Laughagram Studios. There's two windows. And so Walt's is, I think it's the one on the right. 
Uh, it's near like the the city hall and five and dime into town, but that's where you can find Walt's window in Disneyland. Okay, I definitely did not know that. They did not include that on the tour when I took it, which was uh, years ago. It was probably seven, eight years ago that I took that one. So that's good. That's good stuff. All right. Uh, what else you got for us, Teresa? All right. So there was another one where they mentioned the uh, Cinderella castle, the, the the murals that are on the, sin- the inside. These are beautiful. And I think a lot of people don't take the time to kind of look through them. And it's just different scenes from Cinderella. Uh, one of the things that I love since we're talking about Imagineering and little touches that they've put in there, the mural that shows them putting the shoe on the Cinderella and her trying it, uh, the two, the person who's putting on the shoe and the person next to him are modeled after two of the Imagineers. So it's ah. uh, Herb Ryman and John Hench are the two. Uh, I forget which one is which. But yeah, so if you go look at those, it's a it's a nice little tribute to the Imagineers within the mural there. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, I uh, had a I had a day. It was actually it was last year. I had a day where I found myself in Disney World just by myself with absolutely zero plans. And it was really low crowds early in the morning because uh, the one of the half marathons was going on. But also I was there for extra magic hours and people just hadn't shown up quite yet. And that's what I did was I took some time to stand and stare and take pictures of that gorgeous uh, mosaic. And I'd never done that before. So there's all kinds of small touches and cool things to find in there. And I did not know that that the Imagineers were uh, were, were represented there, but that's pretty awesome. <laughs> Backtracking a little bit, just um, back to Main Street, and then I'll move on to another tip. And I don't know if this one is something that everybody knew. I feel like I didn't know it when it was told to me, but I feel like a lot of other people did. I'm sure Teresa knows this one. Um, <laughs> when you walk, I'm sure, no, I'm sure she does. So when you walk into the little cove in between the shops on Main Street where the flowers are, you know where I'm going with this, right, Teresa? No, no as soon as you started to say it, I was like, oh, I think I know which one she's going to talk about. Exactly. No, because I know that Teresa loves this area. So I'm like, I know she has to know this. Um, they talk a lot about the windows that are on Main Street and how they represent Imagineers or, you know, key players into the development of the park and all the little details and they have little like a school or this or that well if you go into the cove if you're walking up main street it's on the right hand side and if you go back into that cove and you look up there's a window that says music lessons and if you stand there you can hear them teaching music lessons (laughs) they teach piano and the kids sing and I just love that little detail it's such a fun missed thing because everybody's always rushing up Main Street or rushing down Main Street to get out. But if you go in there, like the details are crazy. Isn't there and maybe it's maybe it maybe I am completely making this up, but isn't there a doctor's office that you can hear There's that? There's a too? dentist. And I was dentist. trying to remember okay. if it was if that's Magic Kingdom in Disney World or Disneyland. Or Disneyland. I think there's yeah. one that's like a tap class. There's also and I actually, I don't know if this is still there now that they've opened Star Wars Land, um, but that street that's kind of the one near where you're walking towards like the subway tunnel entrance to Galaxy's Edge, mm-hmm. there, the buildings over there at one point in time, there was also sounds that you could hear from that. I want to say it was, I can't remember what it was exactly, but I think that was another one where if you stand by the windows and if it's quiet enough, which now it's obviously not <laughs> in that area, <laughs> but if it's quiet enough, it was another one where you could hear, you know, ambient sounds of whatever was happening in that building. 
Well, right now it's really quiet. So you. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's why I think it was one. It was like especially during the um during the construction time when no one was really going over there. You could hear it pretty well. Um, oh, I just cool, can't remember exactly cool. what it was now. That's yeah. I, just it's all these little details that I think that's you know you're a Disney nerd when yeah. when you when you when you get excited about or you seek out these kinds of things and experiences. And I think that's also kind of points to the answer to the question that I know all of us get. Don't you get tired of Disney? Don't you want to go somewhere else? I honestly, I don't get tired of it. And no, I don't want to go anywhere else because I do keep finding cool new things. And I don't know that I will ever get tired of it. (laughs) This is one that I found actually early on in my uh, oh my gosh, Disney is so awesome and cool and I need to go all the time, uh, li- livelihood. Uh, this was, we're going to switch over to Hollywood Studios since Teresa was just talking about it, but this was the Muppets, uh, Muppet Vision 3D. And this is on the list, but I heard this from, shout out to the early days of the Moms panel. So the Disney Parks Moms panel is a collection of parents. It's not just moms, but it's parents. And and actually some non-parents are on the panel as well. And they give their expert experience as people who have been there, done that, who have gone to the parks that so many times, whatever. This was, this had to be back in, oh my gosh, maybe 2007 that I saw an, a, Uh, a special, like an ABC special talking about secrets of the Disney parks or something like that. And I had been, we used to live in Orlando earlier than that, like 2003, 2004. So I had been to Disney a lot at that point, but I hadn't grown to the point where I was looking for all these like little Disney details or, or nerdy things. And I just remember this stood out to me and I screamed, but I can't remember which mom's panelist it was. I'm sorry. I don't remember that many details about it, but she pointed out that at the three, at the Muppets 3D vision, there is a sign that says, uh, back in five minutes, key is under the mat. So when you walk in, there's, you know, security door and there's the sign that says that. And if you pick up the mat, there's actually a key under the mat. I mean, it's bolted down. You can't pick it up or anything. <laughs> but I thought tried to do that. <laughs> of course, of course. But I thought that was the cutest thing when I I vividly remember watching that show and uh, thinking that's the kind of nerdy detail that I want to know everything about. So, uh, you know, I I can just I can. I can consume all this kind of information. But yeah, Muppet 3D Vision, go ahead and check under the map because you will find a key to the office. (laughs) I love those details. They're so fun. Well, it's just so clever. And who would have, I mean, somebody might have been like, yeah, put the sign up. But then who is the next person that like played off of that and said, huh, we should leave a key under the mat. Yeah, let's do like, you know what I mean? Like, that's what I love is that somebody comes up with these ideas and I don't know if they play off each other or if there was just one brilliant person who said, nope, this is what we're going to do and do it that way. Uh, But it was cool. They have a similar, um, the similar story of the Haunted Mansion wedding rings, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I know that that one is on the list and it, for a long time, it was sort of like a, an urban legend maybe. And then like they, again, when you take one of the tours, they tell you that it actually came out of people telling the urban legend and then they felt they had to put it in there when they redid the queue. So, (laughs) um, but it's cute and it's something to go like look for while you're in the queue. Uh, But one of my favorite things, and this is 
definitely my last one because it's one of my favorites is um, about the Haunted Mansion because I love Haunted Mansion so much. And when you go through the queue, first of all, almost everything in that queue has a purpose. And that's something that one, I don't tend tend to stand in the queue because I usually do fast pass. Um, and two, I don't really pay attention. Stay <laughs> Disney, don't do standby. <laughs> Except if you're going to do it on Haunted Mansion first thing in the morning. <laughs> so when you go through the queue and right before you enter um, the building, right? So before you go into the stretching room or whatever, there's a bunch of headstones that you pass and I'm sure we've all seen them and they're about, you know, brother Dave and brother Mark and whatever. So those headstones are each named for um, the Imagineers that worked on the ride. And my favorite is that there's one and I have taken pictures of all of them because I love them so much (laughs) is there's one that says here lies good old Fred, a great big rock fell on his head and Fred was the Imagineer that was in charge of rock formations at (laughs) all of the rides. So he did all like big rock work, landscaping, all of that. So each of those, there's one that about, you know, brother Mark and Mark was like the big Imagineer. There's one about Claude. Claude was in charge of, I believe it was the second part of the story in Haunted Mansion. So each of those tombstones tells a story about an Imagineer that was there. And I absolutely love that because even way back when this was opening and they were thinking about how to keep this story going. And there's all these little details. I just love them. So yeah, I can shout out. So Mark is Mark Davis and Claude is Claude Coates. Thank you. <laughs> yes, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, I don't remember their names. <laughs> Yes. That's all right. That's what we have three so far. Yeah, exactly. Well, so, all right. Since we're talking about Haunted Mansion, and this kind of falls into the sort of along the lines of the ring where some people argue that this is not accurate. Other people swear that it is. So if you're standing, I guess it's the best view is kind of like a little bit of a distance from the Haunted Mansion. So before you enter the queue area, if you look at it and look at the the roof of the Haunted Mansion, there are a lot of little architectural details and many of them look like chess pieces. And one of the rumors is that because Mark Davis was such a big chess player, he was part of the reason that in uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, they have the stalemate going. Mm-hmm. He kind of designed that. Um, he was He's a big chess player. And I think the rumor was that he had a chessboard in his office and near where the haunted mansion model was occasionally when he was out people would go in and put some of the chess pieces on top of the haunted mansion um and so after a while it just kind of became a thing and so that's one of the reasons that they're up there i don't know if i believe that story or not <laughs> and like i said some people would swear that they're not chess pieces at all but if you look at it um you'll be able to see things that do look similar to a pawn a rook um, I forget the other two. I think like there's a queen on there and I think the bishops. But yeah, so look, stand away from Haunted Mansion at a distance, look towards it, and you will see items that do appear to be chess pieces on the roof. Oh, interesting. Interesting. That's awesome. Yeah, I just so cool. I think my uh my favorite area where we picked up a whole bunch of like little Disney details on Keys to the Kingdom tour was talking about Liberty Square. 
And Liberty Square had a lot of, and I think that's part of the history nerd in me. I really like history. I I don't do deep dives into it and whatever, but it was always my favorite subject in school. It was, I could remember back in the day, I can't remember anything anymore, but back in the day I could read or study something in a history textbook and I could spit it back to you almost verbatim, especially dates. Like I remembered everything and who said what and how it happened. And I've just always really liked history. So Liberty Square was one of those that they pulled a lot of details and put uh, into it. Like I remember, and I'm probably going to get this technically wrong, but the idea is there. So roll with it for me. Okay, guys. Um, (laughs) The hinges on the shutters for all of the uh, buildings, like it goes in date order. So when you're closer to, say, um, uh, Haunted Mansion and then you and you're looking at the buildings in Liberty Square and then you work your way more towards where you get to, you know, the Wild Rest, the front frontier land, like the hinges are specifically made to reflect what time period it was. And I can't remember if it was like by decades or how exactly they determined each building or, or whatever as it moved on. But if you want to get really nerdy, go and look at those hinges on the shutters on the windows. And they are all specific to a certain time period. And it goes up in in time as you move towards like Big Thunder Mountain Railroad, right? Um, and I always thought that was neat. And then one of the things I think she actually mentioned this in the uh, uh, in the article that we've been referencing, but there are no bathrooms in Liberty Square because there was no indoor plumbing in the American Revolution time period, right? <laughs> Technically, there is a bathroom inside Harbor House, which is a restaurant located in Liberty Square. However, it's in a back corner that actually crosses into Fantasyland. <laughs> so it doesn't count. <laughs> they made sure that was where it was positioned and where it was located so that they could be as historically accurate as possible when building this land in this area. Well, say so what indicates that there were no bathrooms? What is, the, what is we have to mention the detail that... <laughs> Oh, oh, the 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 brown down the middle yes. of the street. Yeah. So when you're walking through uh, Liberty Square, if you look down, you'll see basically there's a brown pathway, walkway that goes through. So back in the day, people used chamber pots and then they would toss it out the window into the street. Like how vile is that? We are the grossest people in the entire world. Uh, the, I mean, I know everybody all over the world did this kind of thing, but it just, I can you even imagine that? Like- you just tossed it out your top window. It is really fun. I remember when we took my nephews for the first time, as soon as one of them like walked into that, I was like, oh no, you know what you're standing in. <laughs> yeah. So there's this brown it's path so of funny. poop basically is what it's what it's uh, making. And you know, kids love that kind of detail. So definitely make sure you yeah. let them know. Um, and to add on to what you were saying um, about the, the change in time period. So I think that the way that they indicate that, if you really want to have a sense of when it is, a lot of the buildings, if they have a doorway, there'll be like a two digit number with that doorway. And if you put an 18 in front of it, so it'll be like 1814, 1835. That's how you know right, the specific right. year that you're going towards. That you're going towards. Yep, yep, yep. That's right. See how smart they were? They were so smart just coming up with all these things that nobody would ever notice except nerds like us. Uh, <laughs> all right. Anything else? Last, last call for your favorite story that you want to share before we wrap this up. 
I will do one that's outside of the parks. And this is one that was not mentioned on the list, but somebody pointed it out to me. And I think it's hilarious. If you are at Disney Springs and you go into Once Upon a Toy, uh, something that most people might not really look at is if you look towards the ceiling and the upper parts of the walls, uh, I think it's decorated. The paint job has a lot of board games. And along with those board games, it has the rules for how to play them. If you've never stopped and read the rules for how to play these games, just take a minute and do that because they're hilarious. You could tell that this was some Imagineers were just getting a little punchy <laughs> yeah, when they were coming up with like what to put on there. Um, I I don't want to spoil what they are, but go and go and read the rules to the games in Once Upon a Toy on the ceiling. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, that's fun. <laughs> that is fun. I kind of can't wait to go back now. Yeah, I know. Well... <laughs> Well, for many we'll reasons, <laughs> <sighs> we we all can't, but we can because we want to go back when it's safe and that we're you know going to be able to actually enjoy it. So we'll see we'll see when that shall happen because we got nothing. We we don't know anything. Oh, for anybody that's listening that may have seen the article that's being widely circulated, that's basically saying Disney will not open until twenty twenty one. I just want to pump some brakes there for just a minute and say a couple of things. One, uh, read the whole article because that's not exactly what it's saying, but it is written by a financial analyst. It's not written by somebody from the Disney Corporation or uh, from the parks themselves. It's not even rumored to be coming from the parks themselves. We don't know when Disney is going to open. We don't know what Disney will look like when it opens. However, it could be 2021. I mean, I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying that shouldn't be taken as the Bible because it's it's just somebody's guess and somebody's prediction based on financial concerns that they have about it. So I just wanted to point that out. I've had a couple of people emailing me pretty much on a daily basis saying, oh, well, what are you going to do? Disney's not open <clears throat> until 2021. And I'm like, well, until Disney tells me that that's the case, I'm going to just roll with it and wait and see what what they decide to do and how they decide to open it. So just a little PSA I thought I'd throw out there. Yeah, I think it's too, it's too early for anybody to make that prediction. I think we'll have a better idea of when the U.S. parks may open, when we see once the Asian parks start to open, because they have been ahead of us just in terms of timeline. Uh, so I think that will maybe help just give an indicator of when how much longer it might be until the U.S. parks open and what some of the changes may be like. Mm -hmm. uh, another thing I did want to mention, I saw this last night on Twitter. Some people, if they have room reservations booked, um, I guess within the next couple months, because right now you can, in theory, have a reservation for June. Some people have been starting to see in my Disney experience that it's saying that um, the online check-in is now required. I think somebody saw it and then it went away. But so that seems to be one of the changes that they may test out is rather than having people wait in line at the front desk area to be able to get your room number and all that, they might start to require the online check-in. So then it will be sent to your phone so people can go straight to their room, I guess, to limit the amount of people waiting around in the lobby areas, which makes sense. And I think a lot of people probably already do that anyway. So that's... I think that's an easy change that would not surprise me if it becomes a, an actual policy for them. Yeah, I hadn't even uh, I hadn't even thought about that, to be honest. 
until I saw those rumors coming out last night or, uh, you know, I mean, people could Photoshop stuff. So that's why I say rumors. I haven't seen it on my app myself. But then again, I don't have anything booked for June, July or August. So um, <laughs> I can't say for sure. Um, I mean, however, I, I do. And I, I checked all three of mine and none of mine say But yours are that- DVC, right? They are, um, but they're in the app. So then I thought maybe maybe it's just DVC that they're not putting it on, although we're most likely to use online check-in, I feel like. I think you're um, right, yeah. But um, yeah, they're definitely not on mine because I checked yesterday. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, so we'll have to see what uh, what what comes out of this. But I thought that that was an easy and smart move to make to to have less people inside the lobby queuing up like you just said and waiting to check in is you could just use some of these things that they were trying to do for convenience and to help certain people out and now it'd just be like y'all are all gonna do it (laughs) uh and go from there so I think there'll be a lot of little changes like that I did see Shanghai not to go off too much on a tangent from our original topic but I did see pictures from Shanghai where they were testing out basically you know marking down in a queue where people should be standing. Now, any of us that have been to grocery stores lately, Jane, I know you're not leaving the house, so (laughs) pass on this one. Um, But any of us that have been to grocery stores lately, you know that some of the grocery stores have actually done that, where they've marked off six feet and they're saying, you know, basically you stand here, the next person should stand at that spot there. And uh, yeah, people aren't doing it. Like they're not they don't care. They're not paying attention. They didn't realize it. I don't know what the answer is, but I see it every single time I go. Uh, but however, maybe at Disney, it'll be enforced in a different way or gently reminded, please scoot back, sir. Please scoot back, ma'am. You know, that kind of thing. So we'll see if even giving people a little bit of social distancing while you're standing in queue lines might help. Well, I guess it's helpful that both Disney and Universal this past year have started testing out the um, virtual queues Mm -hmm, where -hmm. people don't actually have to wait in the line. So even though they obviously could not have anticipated this, they were doing it more so, you know, to give people to have them be able to do other things while they're waiting for their time to come up for an attraction. It's, it's good that they've started working on that. So if they want to, find a way to do that park wide you know i think they've they're already have some of the structural stuff set up to be able to do that yeah but can we yeah, all just sure. can we all just give a round of applause for the fact that gone are the days of fill in all available space yeah <laughs> <laughs> right yeah i mean i will i'll be curious I will be curious to to see how that changes with Haunted Mansion, you know, move towards the dead center of the room, but please stay six feet apart. Uh, <laughs> no, I think there's going to be a lot under. of change. Yeah, I say like there's going to be a play on that now with like six feet under, six feet apart. <laughs> exactly, exactly. If you don't want to be six feet under, be six feet apart. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. It's all, it's an interesting time, guys. Interesting time. It certainly is. So if you have any other conversations you want to have about reopening or if you have any other imagineering tips or fun things you know about the parks that you want to share with everyone join us over on facebook in our group no guilt disney we try to be fun in there 
but you know, <laughs> we make no promises. <laughs> yeah, make sure you come into the group. And especially if you have other pieces of Disney trivia that you love that you usually point out to people, um, especially if they're going for the first time. I know I have many other things on my list that we didn't get to. So I have a feeling we will do another episode along these lines. So tell us yours and maybe we will include them when we record that one. And make sure you keep joining us each week on the No Guilt Disney podcast, because as we know, Patty likes to say, it's no fun to fangirl Disney alone. Bye, y'all. <laughs>